Okay, um, and then I'll start streaming on Facebook as you're giving the update. So um, yeah, how are things and is there anything you'd like to share? Um, things are good. <laughs> I, uh, I got some earrings, new earrings. Compliments of Kashangi and Kamalaksha. Oh, I see. I get it now. <laughs> I see. So that's nice. Trying them out. Um, they were highly recommended. Um, well, uh, I had a very keen insight into an epiphany concerning. Uh, Nanda Maharaj in the evening Leelas. I wrote it down. I'll read it to you. At this time, the atmosphere at Nandagram is relaxed and social. Yashoda dines casually with her friends while others begin to clean the kitchen and evening entertainment is just ahead. In the evening, Nanda Baba is the perfect host. And at this time, he has the opportunity to sit with the young gopas and inquire from them about their adventures in the forest. He advises them and shares his experience. He answers their questions and when asked, he tells a tale. No one knows how many tales Nanda knows. Practically, there is no Puranic story that he has not committed to memory and from which he always draws new meaning as he retells such tales. When he, when he instructs the young gopas, they sit with undivided attention that often ends in astonishment. He loves every coward boy as if they were his own son. And their love for him knows no bounds. To sit at his feet or on his lap from which he allows any gopa so seated to pull on his beard as he showers Krishna's circle of friends with affection is to experience the perfection of fatherhood. At such times, every young gopa idolizes Nanda and steeped in Surit Rati, they desire to be like him, the ideal herdsman. He never scolds anyone, but nonetheless teaches by example. He does not merely know, he knows what to do and does so. Should a bull become unruly, he circles each bull and prays, you are Dharma, Ahimsa is Dharma, please bless us. What more can be said about Nanda Baba? Let there be a Nanda Purana. Nanda Maharaj, Vijay. Shivubalinda Paul, Vijay. So what are the questions? Thank you so much for sharing. That was really beautiful. So um, there are six questions. And the first question is from Brigo. Okay. Dandavat Guru Maharaj, I have a question about the tent of the Nama Aparadas. 
to to not have love for the holy name and to maintain material attachments even after hearing about the glories of the holy name what does that actually mean to maintain material attachments because usually we hear that uh, by chanting the holy name uh, material attachments will go away and there are many examples of this in in the shrimad bhagavatam uh, but if that is then having material attachment is an aparad, then uh, how can chanting take away such attachments? I think that the uh, idea there is that through the chanting, it becomes clear to us that we have to move on from certain attachments, that it's time for them to be retired. Hmm? it becomes clear to us. And at that time, then we should do so. But if instead we don't, we push back and hold on to them, then we don't take advantage of the blessing of the insight coming from the chanting. And so we go against the really the grace of the name that's revealing that to us. Obviously, everyone has, all sadhakas in the early stages had material attachments. So it's not an offense to have a material attachment, but to maintain it in spite of having, not just once, but repeated insight. I mean, the name and the whole practice of sadhana bhakti is showing us a path ahead and revealing to us that which has been our previous preoccupation that's holding us back. So to, again, to ignore that and and not take advantage of the insight when it becomes clear, that's the way I always looked at that offense. Then it becomes, you know, you're, you're going against the descending inside inspiration coming from the name. Um, but again, it's gradual. So everyone has material attachments and it's not an offense to have a material attachment, but to maintain one in spite of, I think that's again, the idea, clear insight to the, to the issue, it's, sometimes I've, I've said before, when you pray, you know what to do. <laughs> Don't pray <laughs> or you'll be in trouble and you, you know what to do, it becomes clear. So it's something like that. Don't fight against that when, it's, when the writing is there on the wall. You should, you should read it, move forward and be happy as a result of it. What else, another question? Umati? Hare Krishna. Uh, my question is from your commentary on um, in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 4, verse 8. And um, the verse is for the protection of the saintly and destruction of evildoers, as well as for the purpose of establishing Dharma, I manifest in every age. So you're explaining that when the unrighteous are killed by Krishna, 
but they not only lose their gross material body, they also lose their subtle body. And, um, but they also get a type of liberation, sayuja mukti. But then you go on to say that when, at the demise of their subtle body, at that moment, their dislike for Krishna turns into love for Krishna. So how is it that they would all of a sudden they love Krishna, so why would they go into Sayuja Mukti and then they wouldn't be able to express their love for Krishna? I think if I remember correctly, I cited Baladi Vijabhushan's Govindabhasha commentary um, there. If not, that, that's his uh, insight. Yeah. Yes? yes? Thank you. And um, <clears throat> Uh, I think that uh, it doesn't necessarily apply to, to every case, but there are a number of uh, examples of this that we find in the Bhagavatam where it has been determined either in the text itself or by the principal common, commentators that such and such demon attained Sayuja. Not all of them. Um, and there even are some instances, I believe, of attaining Sayuja first and then being elevated, if you will, to Sarupya. Maybe in the case of Agasura. Um, and there are a number of them, I don't recall all of them. But that said, uh, it's not necessarily the case um, that, well, it's not the case, let us say. It is said that, that who cares for, from the Gaudiya perspective, who cares for Sayuja merging in Brahman, which is a form of liberation. It's a very elevated um, attainment, but comparatively on the scale of possibilities mm, uh, brought about by the grace of Bhagavan through which any type of, which is required in any type for any type of liberation. Knowledge alone can't give us liberation because it's, as the Gita explains, uh, a function under the influence of sattva guna. It can show us the way; it can make it clear to us. But we need we need something from the nirguna to go there in any capacity, even to merge with with Brahman or to attain in Gaudiya terminology, sayuja mukti, which is not desirable from the Gaudi perspective, wherein um, the possibility of greater intimacy with, with Bhagwan is uh, come, comes to light. Mm -hmm. So you know that, but um, the point I'm, I'm, I'm making is that while Sayuja Mukti is sometimes described as hellish even, for example, by Vishwanath Chakrati Thakur, this is a comparative analysis that he's making. He says, Akasha Pushpa, Pushpa, the world of material desires and the possibilities of attainment up to even the Brahmaloka is like flowers in the sky. Flowers don't grow in the sky. That's an imaginary dream idea. It's a dream of of attainment. You haven't really attained anything. You've only gone further into debt, karmic debt, 
by any material acquisition. When we take, we we owe. So then, then he goes on to say, and and attaining sayuja, that's like worse than hell. The Gaudi perspective on it is well. Having gone there, you're going to spend your money. It's done. <laughs> That's what you've attained. And the Srup Shakti is not functioning within Brahma Saruja. So what's the possibility? The possibility is extremely remote of ever from there attaining further um, possibilities in transcendence, greater intimacy. With, uh, with the absolute. So that's a great shame. So extreme statements like Rishpanas have been made about Brahma Saruja. It is possible to move on, so to speak, within transcendence from Saruja, but it's very rare. And how, how, will it, how will it come about? I mean, it's not, as I say, there's not like devotees going into Brahma Saruja and fooling around in there, trying to wake people up to the fact that they're they are Tatasta Jivas still, even though they're merged with Brahman for all intents and purposes, they still, they're, they're, there's not any canvassing there. But as I've said before, it's possible, let us say, for example, that your own spiritual life was inspired originally by someone who had some scars for Brahma Sayuja, for Gyan Marg. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you came in touch with uh, Chaitanya Bhakti, and the general idea is that we have the common ground, I should say, reincarnation. You're not Dawadi, Mukti from material existence, transcendence is the ideal, rather than trying and trying again to improve the, make things perfect within the material world. You press down here, it goes up there, it doesn't work. Forget it. I'm a transcendentalist. Uh, so we have that in common with with uh, other schools of transcendental uh, pursuit. So on that common ground, we come in touch with um, a significant devotee, and then we we become inspired for Krishna Bhakti. And then we, so we look at Mukti, Sayuja Mukti, maybe uh, as as we were vaguely thinking of it previously as something undesirable. Meanwhile, the original Sadhu who inspired us in our spiritual life, as we know of in this particular lifetime, has expired and attained Brahma Sauja. So as you go forward in bhakti, naturally you still have some affinity for him or her. And as it becomes clear to you what the, what the advantages of bhakti are in, in a full sense of the term, not that he or she doesn't have any bhakti to have, they have a little bhakti, to attain Sayuja Mukti, a little grace. Hmm? They can't be opposed to bhakti. Hmm? They can't be against bhakti. So, so you in your even less advanced stage, nonetheless are endearing yourself to Krishna. And so whoever is dear to you, by extension becomes dear to him, such as the nature of love psychology. So Krishna may elevate that person from Brahma Sayuja and take him to Bhagavatam hmm? by your grace, hmm? by the grace of bhakti. So it's possible. Um, but in a 
larger sense, what I'm saying is that although Sayuja Mukti is presented as something undesirable, comparatively speaking, from the Gaudi perspective, it is nonetheless a form of love of God. It's a very abstract form, comparatively, of love of God, even more abstract than the passive adoration of Shantarasa, which is which is be it, you know, pre- preoccupation with the beatific vision of the form of, 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 the, of the Godhead without concern for his pastimes and his, his qualities and so forth. Um, this is, again, a kind of passive adoration, the beatific vision of this, we used to call it Catholicism. Brahma Sayuja would be a, a, a liberated state where the form, the condensed form of Satchitananda, Brahman, is is not within the within the purview within within sight within within experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very restful state in Brahma Sayuja. The equation of Satchitananda weighs more heavily, tips heavily towards Sat. Mm-hmm. So we are we are loving Ananda to exist ah, without any cessation. When we go to bhakti, especially Chaitanya bhakti on the other end of the spectrum, the equation shifts. The Satchitananda is there, but the, the emphasis is on the Ananda. And the Sat looks like, a, like what kind of place is this? You know, a little village of ignorant people, relatively, relatively ignorant, coward people. Um, but the, of course, when you love someone, then you can live under a rock, you know, if you're with them, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so the, anyway, the, the, the point is that the, the Ananda, of course, it's the, it's the super, super existence itself, but, but the Ananda feature is more prominent. So, so this, then we go to yoga, then the Gyan feature is more prominent. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, all of these uh, forms of realization from Sayuja all the way through Vaikuntha to, to Goloka and, and Braj are forms of liberation and, and they, they have there's some they are some expression of love of God. So Sayuja Mukti is 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 um, is, a, is a is a blessing of Krishna, a blessing of God, blessing of Narayan. So if you were receiving his blessing, then obviously you have some affinity for him, some love for him. So while it's said, who cares for Sayuja? Even the demons attain that. Even Sishupal, who criticized Krishna, attains that. He had seen Krishna his whole life and, and couldn't appreciate him. But at the end, he saw him for who he, who he was in an Aishvarya sense internally. As, as is described there in that section of the Gita and drawing as it, as it does in my commentary from Kamindabhasha of Baladeva Bhusan. His subtle body is purified as well. He, he understands Krishna for who he is, or Bhagavan for who he is, and he gets his blessing. He loves him. Obviously, his love is not like, like coward boys and gopis and, and so forth, but it's, not, it, it's, it's a form of perfection. 
that help? I don't want to say Sahujamukti Kijai, but <laughs> but uh, Krishna Kijai. He's a valuable valuable gem. So there are many, many facets to him. You can look at him from one side or another. Next question. Padmanabha Swami. Yes, I've written about that. And the Nisha Leela, right? Nighttime Leela, which is an example of um, Krishna's Namasakas participating at times in such Leelas. Um, and let's see what I've said. If I can look it up here briefly, quickly. Um, uh, of course, in that section, yes. I'll read a little bit. Citing Prema Parabita in the previous chapter, we saw, that's Raghunath Das Goswami's book, Subal, we saw Subal bring Radha and Krishna at the end of the Pradosh Leela, bring Radha to Krishna at the end of the Pradosh Leela. The Pradosh Leela is followed by the Nisha Leela, so that's the nighttime Leela that typically finds the coward boys resting, but in the case of Narmasaka Bhav, it, it can be present at that time. However, having brought Radha to Krishna, I won't go into that uh, as is described by Raghunathas Goswami. Um, Subald, having done that, doesn't return home as the Nisha Leela commences thereafter. Along with Brinda and Tulsi Manjari, Subal remains and relishes the trans-psychological uh, mood swing of Radha as she, and as she approaches the gate to the bower and sees her beloved Sham within the gate, suddenly she turns to Subal without speaking to Krishna and asks Subal with indignation why he has brought her to this particular bower. Ignoring Krishna, she abruptly informs Subal that uh, she's going home. Subal, of course, offers no answer as to why he brought her there, nor is Radha really ask, asking for one, <laughs> as Subal and Brinda then drown in their experience of Radha's Mahabhav. Um, and if we, so here is, here is Subal entering into the, and participating at the beginning of the Nisha Leela. And then uh, turning to your, section you're asking about 
in Sri Rupa's, I think, Gudagda Mahadabha, right? Um, yeah, so there we find both Madhu Mangal and Subal play a significant role uh, in Rupa's, it's called Venuharana Leela. So this is one of the Leelas that speaks about the stealing of Krishna's flute on the part of the gopis. Um, and it begins with the moon rising, the cows are settled in for the night and Krishna skipped out in the evening and out of the milking, evening milking and is standing on Mount Govardhan with, his, with Subal. And Subal asks Sham what uh, the eagerness that he is uh, seems to be suddenly possessed of that's brought him there is all about and what he expects to gain from it by foregoing the milking and so forth. And Krishna explains that uh, that someone described a peacock using the word Chandrakavalim, which means a fan of feathers, and to describe the bird's raised rainbow-like tail as it danced madly before him. But hearing this word, Krishna was reminded of Chandravali. And at that moment, he has a longing uh, to meet her. So, but to your point, proper understanding of the text reveals that Krishna's eagerness to meet with Chandravali does not do much for Subal, who then disinterestedly suggests that Krishna, well, if you want her, call her with your flute. Hmm? He doesn't volunteer immediately to run and get her. What can he say? Krishna has the desire to taste um, an aspect of Radha in the form of Chandravali. It may, it's, you know, it's part of the Leela and so forth, but um, his, what we're seeing, what we begin to see if we look at it carefully is his, his affinity for Radha, which is what, Subal's affinity for Radha, which is kind of what your question is about. So following Subal's suggestion, Krishna plays his flute, and, and then he insists that Subal should support him in his effort to attract Chandravali. And Subal replies, okay, more like if I have to, okay, that's kind of the spirit of it. Meanwhile, Radha's somewhere um, in a flower hut and um, near the Northern pasture there along the bank of the Jamuna. And, uh, and meanwhile, Chandravali's on the, and it stays in the southern pastures. And, um, and there, Chandravali is lamenting that Krishna seldom, you know, comes to her area, uh, which is her way in the text of saying that she feels that Krishna loves Radha more than her. However, um, Padma, her Saki, 
was quick to inform her that uh, no, that's not the case. And at that very moment, Krishna's nearby on the slope and of Mount Govardhan, near the village and uh, near Sakistali. So Chandravali, if I recall from the text, replies in disbelief, uh, only to hear the sound of Krishna's morale. And thus, uh, Chandravali and Krishna meet and exchange words. But the meeting goes south, if you will, when Krishna indirectly and accidentally expresses his love for Radha, while he intends to say that the fire of his separation from Chandravali, that in the fire of that separation, he seeks relief from a forest uh, stream, Dara. Dara means stream. He mistakenly utters Radha. And Chandravali picks up on it, uh, as does Padma Harsaki. So the whole thing goes south and despite Krishna's excuses and efforts to convince her that he was not referring to Radha, Chandravali's, for, for whatever she is, she's not a, not a fool. So expressing jealous anger at first and then hiding her face, she pretends otherwise given her nature. Um, unlike Radha, so she kind of veils her anger to an extent. Uh, and uh, feels somewhat ashamed of her anger, as, as Rado won't, at least in the, in the immediate. And then supported by Padma's logic as to the fact of Krishna's love for Radha, Chandrabali turns homeward, Krishna laments. But what does Subal say? And this is, I think, also relative to your, very relative to your question. Um, that Subhal says, well, she didn't appear upset to me. And then Krishna explains to Subhal from the signs of Chandravali's face that actually she was angry with him at heart and, and then she was trying to hide it. However, Subhal is the, the point is Radhika's uh, kinkar. And so he looks for an opportunity to turn Krishna toward her and away from Chandravali at that moment. So this opportunity presents itself uh, when Krishna decides to enter a nearby grove of bakul trees and strategize with Subal as to how to proceed. Therein we find Krishna admiring the pleasant scenery, telling Subal, this grove with its abundance of water, niradika means its abundance of water is very pleasant. Of course, the words niradika can be read as, instead of as niradika, as niradika, meaning without radha. So Subhal takes it that way in the, in the latter and sees it as an opportunity to express his conviction. And so more or less he says, if Radha were here, then it would be very pleasant. So here Miss Krishna embraces his friend and concurs and tells him to relate the truth to Alita and thereby to Radha herself. And thus, uh, in this section of Rupa's drama, Subal's dedication to Radha is underscored in the midst of Nishan Leela, even while 
acquiescing with some reluctance to Krishna's um, desire to meet with uh, Chandravali. You, of course, have to understand that Narmasaka's position is, while similar, it's nonetheless not the same as the Manjari, so you wouldn't find a Manjari willing, in, in, in perhaps in any way, to help Krishna meet with Chandravali, but Subala's position is, is is a little different and has a, a prominent place. So that's how we understand that section. It's actually the section that, that while ostensibly appears to show, well, like you question, seems like Subala has some affinity for Chandravali. How can that be? But actually, it's a section showing his affinity for Radha. Chandravali is an interesting uh, character, of course, and uh, she's more or less uh, the personification of uh, an opportunity to, to indirectly glorify Radha throughout the Leela. <laughs> it's a glorious position. <laughs> Chandravali ji ki jai. Subhal ki jai. Radha Madhava ki jai. Rupalasami ki jai. Jai. So, some thoughts. What else? Chitta, do you want to ask your question? Yes, good morning, very much. So, good morning. I've got a copy of a document that I think you put together some years ago. It's the Ashtakali Alila Smaran document. Um, and after each, you know, it's got a, a one line description of what Mahaprabhu does at that day, and then the main, I think, there are verses that you took from the Govindili Lama to describe what Radha and Madhava are doing. And then in between each one or after each one, it, uh, it gives the corresponding section of the Maha Mantra, like Hare Krishna, the stage from Shraddha to Prem, and then Chaita Dharma Marginum, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's a couple of questions I have about this, one of which is what exactly do we do with that information? Like, how do we apply that in our practice? You know, uh, that's the one question. And the other one is that in the later stages, in, um, in the, five, five, uh, no, seven, uh, yeah, six and seven, leave the six and seven, there's, it says the stage, the, stage it corresponds to is Bob internal and the next one is Bob external and that I cannot I don't know what that means like how is it internal or external Bob um, I'm not sure about that <laughs> I'd have to look at that what, what, what I wrote there to see what I what I meant and I thought at first I re re recall what you're referring to but what document but now I'm not sure um, but uh, and, and when you say what to do with the information or what do you do, I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about. I mean, the descriptions of the Leela, what do you do with the information? Not the descriptions of the Leela themselves, the, this information that it corresponds to a particular stage. So it's like, you know, are you supposed to meditate on the, for example, the Nishant Leela? And how does that correspond to the stage of Shraddha? What do we, you know, how does, how does knowing that benefit us as practitioners is what I'm wondering. Right, I think um, it sounds to me like I'd have to look at the document, but, but like what you're referring to is something I must have written 
that corresponds with Bhaktivinoda Thakur's Bhajan Rahasya. In Bhajan Rahasya, Bhajan Rahasya, Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, describes the Astakala Lila, which is the divi eight divisions in a typical day of Krishna in Aprakat Lila. Hmm? Um, and he does it in connection with uh, a explanation of Shikshastakam and perhaps also the couplets of the of the names found in the Ma Mantra. I'm not sure about that last part. Um, but in Bhagavad vision, the, the Shikshastakam verses correspond with the different stages. That's a unique contribution of his that I, uh, you know, played out and, and uh, developed in my commentary on Shikshastakam. And um, so I think that, um, and, and I should say, typically in the Bhaktivinoda Paribar, uh, <laughs> members of the Gaudiya Math, divisions of the Gaudiya Math that, that don't, don't usually think of themselves as that, although the term Bhaktivinoda Paribar that I've popularized comes originally from Bhaktisiddhanta. They would go to Kartik anyway, and they would uh, read the Bhajan Rahasya daily and do kirtan and lecture and so forth and, and parakram. Um, so uh, um, the idea of Bhaktivinoda seems to be to help sadhakas who need to understand where they are on the ladder um, progress and in doing so in relation to becoming acquainted at the same time with the prayojan tattva entering aprakat lila and how it works and so forth. So I think he's, his emphasis there is on adhikar, eligibility, um, how to apply yourself. For example, when he comes to the higher stages of Ruchi Asakti and Bhava, he gives cautions um, and so forth, but nonetheless gives us information about those leelas. So I think that, uh, look at, for example, in, in some missions, or one in particular that I'm familiar with that most of us know about, it's a big one, uh, uh, there, Prabhupada had to say sometimes in his own movement, gopis aren't bad. When, when he would give cautions, you know, about higher things and, and, and not to be preoccupied with something that, that you don't have adhikar for, focus, you know, where you are in the here and, and now. If you want to go there, you have to know where you are here and now as well. But you have to you have to know both. So you can't throw out, you know where you want to go. Gopis aren't bad, is his way of saying that. You know, we should know something about them. We should know that we're here, but we should, should know who they are too. So I think that Bhaktivinoda Thakur is, is trying to give Sadaka's acquaintance with the, with the, with the Astakala Leela in the context of an emphasis on gradually passing through the stages of Bhakti step by step and knowing where one's at in that 
through the progress through the method of Namsan Kirtan. So he's kind of bundling that all together. Um, now, your question also is what to do with this kind of information, so to speak. How do you do this? One thing that I think is worth noting is that the main emphasis in his own words um, of you know, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna's Kavira says, this book is, is really centered on the Madhya Lila. He glorifies Vrindavan Das Thakur hmm, and defers to him uh, for his emphasis on the Adi Lila, which is where we want to enter. We want to enter into Navadweep. Hmm, and before Mahaprabhu Mah ever leaves, of course he doesn't, in the Aprakat Lila takes sannyas and so forth. From the time that he's a Vaishnav to before taking sannyas in, in that period. That's the period where Nityananda Prabhu came for about a year, maybe a year and a half at most before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went, went, went to South India and began the Madhya Lila. So we want to enter into that uh, Nadia Lila and the, 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 the beauty of Navadvipa in the Aprakat, in the Prakat Lila, the Manifest Lila is, is the main focus of Radhabandas Thakur. It's one of the reasons why Krishnadas defers to him. His emphasis, as I, say, as I say in his own words, is the Madhya Lila, which is the greater bulk of Chaitanya Charitamrita, and it's the teachings how to go there, how to enter into the Kirtan Hall of Srivastakur. Not anybody could get in. Mahaprabhu wasn't letting anybody in, but there were nice people outside that didn't feel qualified, but wanted to. He came out for them and took his Sankirtan to the streets for them. And he took sannyas for them, as Bhagavatam says in the 11th canto. He took sannyas for chased after us. And so he shows the way as in his Krishna, in his Acharya Leela. So the main focus is Sankirtan and uh, as it's played out in the Madhya Leela, and there the teachings are coming out, teachings to Sanatan, Rupa Goswami, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, Prakasandana Saraswati, the converts and so forth. And uh, so much Sambandagyan is given. And then what we find is that by the force of this practice, with some knowledge, theoretical knowledge and insight into the ideal, hearing about it, again, gopis aren't bad, gopas aren't bad. It's focusing on, on Chetadarpana marginum and, uh, you know, the beginning stages and, and uh, Bhava Mahadavagani Nivapanam, Trinadapi Sunichena. Uh, I mean, this is a huge emphasis of Krishna Vas, Trinadapi, this third verse of Shikshastaka and so forth. Uh, now, you know, as Mahaprabhu is, is absorbed in the Sankirtan and showing the way in the Madhulila, he's a public person and he becomes, by the force of his Kirtan, which takes him into internal meditation, he becomes a private person. He leaves the public sphere. He can't function in the public sphere. Now, the Auntie Leela is not teaching how to do it. 
how to do, you know, Baba Bhakti, so to speak. It's mad, it's a madness. It's happening. It's a result of 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 the absorption in Sankirtan. It 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 has some method to it of sorts, but it's for mad people. Hmm? Uh, so it, it it's not and this emphasis of bhakti siddhanta sarsakyaka. It's not to be imitated. Some people try to make a method out of it, so to speak. Um, and you know, to some extent, you, you you there's things you can say about it, and, and you can hone your focus and and so forth, and 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 hear as we should from certain sections of the Leela that emphasize or describe our ideal. Like, for example, we're writing a book about Sakiras, devotees who have that ideal will, will, will appreciate it, get some insight about it and so forth. Um, but what will you do with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you, know, you, you, you have to focus on where you're at, apply yourself and uh, you know, have that ideal. Um, so again, Auntie Leela is not like how to. That's not what it's it's doing. Muddy Leela is how to. Auntie Leela is what the, the 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 madness that came out of the method, the method to the madness. So one part is the method. That's the main part. The madness, well, that happens. And so, you know, I've told I've given an example before. There was a young girl. She was pregnant for the first time. And so she was concerned as it was getting on that she might go into labor any minute. And the doctor had advised so. So she told her mother, I'm going to take some rest. Wake me up if I go into labor. Her mother laughed and said, you won't need to be woken up when you go into labor. How do I know if I've attained bhava? Um, well, you won't need to be told uh, that. And you won't be, need to be told what to do for the most part either. Hmm? Um, but there's some theory, you know, that can be taught about that. And, and you know, look at the section of Chaitanya Charitamrita, or excuse me, Bhaktivedanta, long section on sadhana bhakti. Section on Baba bhakti is very short comparatively. Of course, it then goes on to describe rasa and the different rasas and so forth. That's important theoretical knowledge and so forth. So, you know, in one sense, I'm giving a kind of a broad answer what to do with it. Um, when you come out here, as you're going to do within a month or so, we can we can talk more. And I appreciate your your concern, but I think there's a way in which we can take that information and uh, focus on our goal and appropriately, even in sadhana bhakti, as much as we focus on shraddha. And Saranagati, some measure of longing will come as well. And that should be cultivated. And then Baba Bhakti, of course, is, is characterized not by Shraddha and Saranagati, but by, 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 by longing. And, and longing becomes the way there. So again, I'm I'm sorry, I, I don't if I had seen if I could see what what exactly you're referring to, I might be able to answer better, but that's my answer for today. Hope it helps. That worked. Okay. What else? Jeremy? Guru Maharaj, I have one question. Um, I am um, in Kansas and our devotee, my devotee family here has started to do outdoor programs now and we're gonna be selling 
Ram Navamisun. Sorry, I had a tongue twister. Um, could you tell us, or just in short, what do you think the most important lesson about Krishna's incarnation as Ram is for devotees and aspiring devotees? Well, yes, Ram Navami is coming. Um, there are some Ram Bhaktas in our Gaudiya Sampradaya. It has its breadth and its depth. So in terms of its breadth, it may pick up persons with affinity for Ram Lila also and deliver them in, in, in ways that even other Sampradayas focused on that could not as well. Hmm? The power and the grace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, we find Murari Gupta, for example, Mahaprabhu identified him as Hanuman. Of course, he's an Itasita, but appearing in his Leela. So there are the Ram Bhaktas also that were delivered by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and they were delivered Ram Bhakti, the brother of Rupa Sanatan, Anupam, some South Indian devotees when Mahaprabhu toured there, and so forth. Um, in that spirit, in relation to the breadth of Mahaprabhu's movement and the far-reaching efficacy of his 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 Nam Mantra. Hare Krishna Mahamantra, from which different meanings can be drawn, Prabhupada established in some places like Bombay, along with his deities of Radha and Krishna and Gornatai, deities of Sita and Ram. I think you can find there, in, there are many Ram Bhaktas, uh, if you will, in, in, in Bombay, although they may not, not be well educated in, in Siddhanta of any particular Sampradaya, not in a Sampradayic sense, but somehow, you know, I mean, there are 2,000 versions of the Valmiki Ramayana. <laughs> so it's, in, it's available in many, many dialects. I was researching this recently a little bit, and particularly the Kirtibas uh, Bengali uh, edition of Ramayana. Basically, what, we're, what I'm talking about is the Valmiki Ramayana, whatever that is. You can think about it in the traditional sense uh, or you could think about it in an academic way uh, of it being a compilation of events um, or the you know, inspired insight of Valmiki. But um, uh, in the different locales, the story of Ram has, has been retold hmm, throughout India hmm, by poets and sadhus with affinity for Ram, Leela, and in that they will incorporate, you know, some aspect of Bengali culture, Telugu culture, Kashmiri, you know, Ram. The story is the same, but there are some additions. I like the part, and this is why I was researching it in the Bengali edition, where Kirtibas makes the addition of Tarani Sain. Tarani Sain is the son of Vibhishan, who's the brother of Ram, who defected, of Ravana, excuse me, defected and went to um, Ram's party. And so at some point, um, Ram sees a necessity to call on Tarni Sain to rise to the occasion, enter the battle. He's young and he's a Ram Bhakta, as his father was, Vibhishan. So he thinks, and now I have the chance to see Ram. And if he gets slain by him, get out of this Rakshasha body. How did I get here? So he's inspired uh, and he tattoos the name of Ram all over his body. 
and enters the war and he comes before Bibishan and pay, pays obeisances to his father and then to Ram and Ram thinks he's a very nice demon. <laughs> he's such a nice fellow. I mean, and he says nice things and so forth. And Bibishan says, kill him. You got to kill him. You got to kill him. And it's not known to Ram that this is who he is. And Bibishan's not, not, not giving any information. And so, but Ram says, how am I going to kill him? I can't shoot him anywhere because wherever he, he's got Ram Nam printed all over his body. Hmm. So Bibishan says, well, you got to shoot him on the tongue. He says, well, his tongue is always vibrating Ram Nam. So how can I kill him? So then Bibishan says, well, you got to get in between the, the, you know, he says Ram before he says the next one. Then you have to, so, so taking Vibhishan's advice, he, 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 he slays the uh, Tarani Sain, who's, who's overjoyed in an ecstasy. He's been slain by Ram. Mm -hmm. um, and Vibhishan collapses also. And then so Ram says, why did you collapse? Ostensibly, it appears that he collapsed because then he tells Ram, that was my son. So everybody thinks, oh, it's his son. He sacrificed his son for Ram. But the real purport is that he was in ecstasy. He collapsed in ecstasy. My son has attained Ram's grace, you know, in, in, in his form, which is I, which I wanted for him, you know. And for me, it could for him it could come it had to come in this way. Given me. anyway, I'm going off on a tangent, obviously, but it's <laughs> something I, I've been uh, interested in because in the, in Subal Mongol, um, it stated that in Ramlila Subal is incarnates as Tarnasen. Subal Saka Kijai, Tarnasen Kijai. So um so Krishna Lila and Ramlila are intertwined. Hmm? Right? Um and the way that we Godias tend to look at Ramlila in one sense is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the way. He's showing the way. Right? He is Krishna. He's showing the way to attain him. And his method for one of his tools in doing that is to accept the order of sannyas, which will bring respect to him so that people will listen to him. Um, and in his sannyas, he is very, very um, strict. So the, 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 the Mariada that pervades Ram Leela, the righteousness of Ram, the duty to Dharma, at whatever the cost may be, however it may make me personally uncomfortable, perhaps, I will, so Ram sacrificed. He, he was going to be the king and nothing could give more pleasure to the kingdom and to uh, uh, his, his, his father than his accepting the throne. But, as you know, in order that his father might not be called a liar, and that his promise to who is it, uh, Koshalya, or is it Koshalya or Kekaya? Kekaya, Kekaya, uh, not be broken. He had promised her that if you want any benediction at some point, you ask, I, I will give it. She asked for the benediction that Bharat be given. The, the, the crown and the Ram be banished. So Ram 
wanted that his father would be word would be upheld at the cost of such trauma. And of course, he went into the forest. So, an example of the dharmic nature. He's the he's the dirodatta as personality amongst the four nayak nayaka type of heroes in in Indian aesthetics. Krishna is the dear Lalita. Of course, we won't go into all. Anyway, so uh, Ram, uh, righteous. So the righteousness of Ram, the morality of Ram, the, the dutifulness, the dharmicness of Ram is there in the sannyas of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Therefore, when he, he showed his six arm formed uh, to, uh, at, at times, there were the two arms of Ram, the two arms of Krishna holding the flute. Ram with the bow and arrow, and, and and himself, of course, with the kamandalu, the water pot, and the danda of the sannyasi. Mm-hmm. So the morality, the righteousness, um, Mahaprabhu taught, you know, by by example, um, um, he emphasized this that example speaks louder than, than 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 precept. His conversions were largely by his his example. They were followed often by siksha. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was his example that created teachable moments. Hmm? Um, so uh, we look at the influence of Ram, in a sense, Ram Lila there in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's um, sannyas. And we also look at Ram Lila, which is a known place. Ram Lila and Ayodhya, hmm? the Dham of Ayodhya within the expanse of Vaikuntha is a known commodity. Goloka, that's not very well known. Hmm? People in Vaikuntha know about Ayodhya. They don't know about Goloka. Goodness. They know about Krishna. They know something about Krishna Lila. They think that's a face of Narayan. He shows some time, but you can't really take part in it. This Pretty neat, <laughs> but he shows it on John Mastami here in Vaikuntha. Hmm? This Leela. but they don't know that you could participate in it, that you could interact with God like that. It just doesn't equate, you know, for for them. That doesn't make any many sense. Make any sense for them? Hmm? It would turn Vaikuntha upside down. So, so they don't know about Goloka. This is the glory of the Goswamis. They're bringing out the text. Can you all hear me? Yes, Hello? I can hear you. Yeah, you're frozen. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing too. There he is. He's back on. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Not hearing you. Okay, now, yeah. Now, hello. So I don't know where you where where you lost me, but I was saying that in Baikuntha, hmm, they don't know about Koloka. Hmm? It doesn't compute for them. They know about Krishna. He shows himself. Narayan shows himself as Krishna. So it's a it's it, the glory of the Goswamis is that they, they they bring out the fact that Koloka exists. I mean, the the whole first. Second canto of Gopal Champu, Jiva Goswami's final work, uh, one of the final works, 
is all about the fact that there's a dom, there's a place that corresponds with this kind of love of, of the Brajabhasis, of, of the gopis in particular, who highlighted in the first canto of Gopal Champu. So there is a place. It's called Golok. It's unknown in Vaikuntha. Whereas Ayodhya is a known commodity. But from our point of view, if you look at Ayodhya, what does Ram Leela tell us? Ram Leela tells us, hmm, this is curious. It looks like there is a possibility of being, of having Vatsalya for God, of having Sakya with God. Hmm? And maybe a more romantic type of Madhurya, really the Madhurya of Lakshmi is very much Dasya. Hmm? Because in Ramlila, unlike the rest of Vaikuntha, God as Narayan has a mother and a father. Whoa, what's that all about? He, he has a he has his brothers uh, and and um, Lakshman in particular, hmm? the Balaram of Ramlila and the fraternal love. This is not possible with with Narayan. So there's a place in Vaikuntha called Ayodhya, and it's properly understood from the Gaudi perspective, it's pointing to this possibility exists. Where can it be found? It, you can't enter into Ramlila and be like Lakshman. You can't enter in and be like Sita. It's not like Ram's got lots of lots of Sitas up there or handmaidens. He's Ek Putni Vrata. He took a vow for monogamy. Hmm? But it's possible. That's why he told the Rishis at Dandakaranya, hmm, Yes, I am the one you're meditating on, but in that, but in this form, you can't have Gopi Bhav with me. Hmm? In another form, I'll come and pick you up in the Prakat Leela, in, in my Krishna Leela. And there's an abode that corresponds with that. Some Rishis could understand by his grace. So the point is that Ram Leela is, if we look at it, there's a possibility Wow, where this is interesting. God, God with a with a mother and a father, God with a with friends, a couple, you know, Lakshman, Bharat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's pointing to Vaikuntha, the possibilities, excuse me, pointing go, to Goloka. It's a it's it's a it's a stepping stone. Those those possibilities exist. And Ramlila is human-like. Mm-hmm. It's not that human-like because nobody could be as dharmic <laughs> as, as Ram. But then you realize this guy's not, we got to be God. No one could be like that. <laughs> no one could be like that. Hmm? So we see some of that in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm? as I say. And we see Ram Lila as, 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 as pointing in the direction of the, of the possibilities of Krishna Lila in Goloka. Hmm? Those are some thoughts on... Um, on uh, Ram Lila Tijai. So went on a little bit there, too much, too long. Still didn't answer all the questions today. I'm sorry. But uh, hope to be with you next week. And um, thank you for all for your kind questions and uh, participation this morning. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Tijai. Gaur Premanandi. Hari, Hari, Bo. 
Hari Hari Ba. Thank you, Gurudev. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy.